Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today is our listener response show for the July questions of the week. We're going to read through some of your responses and let you know what we think. The first episode from July was John Wick, Dave. The question is, what are your favorite movies about idiot sons? Mm -hmm. On Facebook, Justin said, Road to Perdition. Finn, nice. Finn says, nothing really popped in mind about Idiot Sons, but I'd like to mention Goodfellas since we see Henry as a kid. Surely going down the criminal path and joining up as a as young as he did is the most Idiot Son thing of all. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. That's idiot, a nice observation. Idiot child, definitely. <laughs> right, definitely. Exactly. And he has a son. Yes, <laughs> right. And and it's weird because like I hadn't thought it because the, the, the kind of motivation behind the Idiot Son thing is like mainly like sons of rich men. Yeah. So like... Uh, Spoiled, exactly. rotten kids. Yes. Yeah. But like a, a poor kid can also be an idiot and make the wrong moves. So That's yeah. That's true. That's true. Here's an, here's one from Tom. He says, best film about idiot sons has to be Step Brothers. <laughs> Although I know it's not quite the same context yes. that we're going for. Um, and we'll make a shout out for your favorite gladiator, though. Commodus was a fucking tool. Dude, yes, indeed he was. Yep. My goodness. Yeah, and then Chris chimes in, gladiator is a good one, but I don't know if that counts. Maybe Home Alone. <laughs> Kevin McAllister, yeah, he, he was not really an idiot though. Well, he and he wasn't grown up, but he yeah. also he is a rich. He is a little rich. He kid. is the spoiled rich kid. I though. mean, so, like yeah. anytime you have a, a door handle with your initials on it, you're 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 an idiot, son. Dude, um, when I was a kid, I looked exactly like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and my mom entered me into a look-alike contest in the local paper, and I got second place. How am I just hearing about this <laughs> now? I don't know, dude. Jeez. I got no prize. Holy shit. Uh, and the guy who won first place looked more like Buzz oh. than Kevin. So you got robbed? I at got the robbed by my older brother who wouldn't let me sleep in his room if I was growing on his ass. <laughs> That's right. So the little trout took second. <laughs> he did. Wow. Bastard. <laughs> my glory was taken from me. Oh my god, dude. Um I don't look like him anymore, so that's good. Well, we'll have to discuss this more <laughs> at length. <laughs> so, what? My pick. It obviously it's Commodus from Gladiator. Like, it's my favorite Joaquin performance that he's ever done. Right. Um, it's it's just dynamite all around. Yes. Uh, the character is amazingly well developed, and Joaquin Phoenix does wonderful in it. It's just Commodus all around. My favorite idiot son. Right. What about you? Um, well, uh, we, we got an, uh, an email also from listener Donna, our, our, one of our favorites. Oh, uh, yeah. And she mentioned uh, Caleb Landry Jones's character in Get Out. Yes. I yes, think yes, that yes. takes the prize. Um, yeah. Mainly because, like, there is no one, like, with more... Uh, there, there is nobody who benefits from like privilege more than that little shit in that movie. Yes, and watching Daniel Kaluuya break his arm in the climax, like there's never been anything more satisfying. Feels good. Oh feels man, really it good. feels real good. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, but like my picks, um, obviously, it, it, you know, I, I said earlier about like the qualifications. It's just equal parts stupidity, incompetence, entitlement, and arrogance, um, which is you know just a real winning combination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in Goonies, you have Troy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, his father owns lots of property. Bound had Christopher Maloney's character. Yes, yes. Um, which we covered on the episode in depth. Yep. In American Psycho, it's mentioned that Patrick's father owns the company that he works at, um, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. And then recently, Knives Out had multiple 
fail sons. Oh my God, it did. Yes. I mean, good Lord. Chris Evans is about as disgusting a person as uh-huh. you could meet in, in America. And he unfortunately runs America. Uh-huh. And then you had like the little shit boy, um, uh, the, the, the kid who like goes on Twitter and, and like is a right wing troll. Uh-huh. Um, and then Don Johnson got out in the act. You know, he's also like, he's an older man, but, but he's, he comes from, from wealth and privilege as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you can certainly tell. So yeah, uh, it's, that's quite a film. Yeah, it's an excellent film, dude. Everybody knows I love that. <laughs> yes. I, I love Glass Onion. It was my pick for screenplay last year. Like, right. Man, that's an excellent choice. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I thought about even like Zoolander. He's an idiot son in that. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's a... Uh... <laughs> He's just an idiot, actually. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he is. I, see, that's the thing. Yeah. Like that, that. That's the kind of the difference. Is yeah. He he comes from a coal mining family. Yeah, and yeah. Like, um, like he's an idiot for different reasons. But yeah, he's yeah. an idiot. he's a he's a son guess, and he's an idiot. I guess that's similar to the stepbrothers yeah. that Tom brought up. Um, and also they're just uh, Henry idiots, Hill. right? Yeah, in general, right? So. Uh, but yeah, and also in Eastern Promises, oh man, you know, see our episode on that. I uh, think that's one of the inspirations is for Ultimate. Yeah, because we talked about Kirill even on our John Wick episode, like compared him to uh, Alfie Allen's character, and yeah, uh, like obviously Kirill has more going for him than uh, than Alfie Allen does, but like yeah. in the end, he is just someone who's benefiting from his father's wealth. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think I like Alfie Allen's portrayal of that kind of uh, stuck up, you know. Yeah. Fail son better. <laughs> uh, his performance isn't as nuanced as right um, as Kirill's character and all that stuff. Yeah. But like, man, uh, they're all, all great. It's yeah, because Vincent Cassell's character yeah. is more layered, and yeah. and and I think that like Alfie Allen is a lot easier to dislike entirely. Yeah, you just you know? hate this freaking shit. Because you feel n- sympathy for Kirill. Exactly. Yeah. Like this kid has no redeeming. He's qualities. abused by his father yeah. in a way that he doesn't think he deserves. Right. I mean, they they probably all feel that way, but. Just the way it's represented. I mean, yeah, freaking awesome. Yep. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next one. We did Witness. Um, what are the best movies that represent your roots or what you come from? This is a good one, Dave. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, Alan chimed in and said, Avalon, it's the story of many Eastern European Jews in America without any religion. I was so cool. That was so cool to see uh, Alan say that because, I mean, Avalon is a kind of a, a forgotten great movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, what, a, what a great pick, and I'm glad he brought it up because it, it deserves to be seen more often than it does. Yeah. Um, and on Facebook, Tom chimed in and said, Tough question, this for a Londoner. All Americans come from somewhere traceable as such a young country made up of so many different origins. But my family goes back to England as far as is traceable, so my options are few, unless we talk about such films as Excalibur or Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, but... He, he continues, yeah. going by my family name, and I have no Irish ancestry as far as I'm aware. This is Tom Ireland, so no Irish ancestry is what he's saying. I can only say that I must be related to that bloke in Braveheart who says he owns Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Which I... I Tom, remember, fucking awesome. I know. I, I read that comment, and I, I, I think it's weird because I think about Stephen quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Because his character is, it really stands out in that movie. And the actor who plays him shows up in uh, The Departed. He's one of um, Jack Nicholson's gang. Uh-huh, yeah. He's the guy who throws Martin Sheen out the window at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, 
Yeah, it, it's really uh, cool. And then he wraps it up here by saying, that argument didn't wash when I was in Galway last week trying to reclaim my birthright. So <laughs> yes. be careful. <laughs> right. Make sure you got your sword sharpened and everything. Dude, unless it's around the time of the Magna Carta, you probably shouldn't go around saying that you own Ireland. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, what, what do you have here, Dave? I know Witness it was like pit picture perfect for you yes but yes. um is there anything else well that obviously yeah for me it's always been witness um as i said in the episode when we did it, it it remains the only time anyone in cinema got that much right about amish and mennonite culture mm-hmm. um and this is a weird question of the week for me because i usually lay out obviously multiple examples yeah on, but on this one there's not much else i can offer but i i really love hearing all the examples from the listeners because it sort of strengthens and feeds that community that we want to create right yeah, it's um, wonderful. And I, I know that Donna also like mentioned, too, um, that she, she said something about, uh, I think it was Antoine Fisher. Um, yeah. You know, which, like, really, man, that I, I to hear that and to know that, like, that is kind of her story, I mean, like, wow. I mean, that that's that's pretty awesome to hear. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and, and me, like, I don't really have much of a defined history or where I come from. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of just a dude. <laughs> But I mean, I've, I've I've been born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. This this is where the Lewis and Clark expedition took place, and uh, apparently, I'm related to Toussaint Charbonneau, who mm-hmm. was on the expedition. Right. So <laughs> there's a there's a movie called The Far Horizon. I don't know if anyone's seen this, but uh, <laughs> it's it's about the expedition of Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea. Um, and Fred McMurray plays Lewis, and Charlton Heston plays Clark. <laughs> And there's a guy named Alan Reed who plays Toussaint Charbonneau in this. Uh-huh. He's the voice of Fred Flintstone, everybody. <laughs> so I guess this movie represents my roots. But, hey, uh, man, I'll but take But the, the thing about this movie, if you don't know it, Donna Reed plays Sacagawea, and she is a white woman, and she is in red face this whole film. Oof. It's from, it's from the 50s, if you can't tell from the cast, but, like, oh, my God, everybody. It's not a bad film, no. but... What a sign of the times, man. Absolutely. It, uh, yeah. It, when you see her standing among actual Native American people dressed like this with this paint all over her, it's appalling. And she has the biggest speaking role. Yeah. yeah and, uh-huh. oh my God, it, it's, you, it is something to behold. Yeah, really. That really sucks. Yeah, but dude, it. I guess that's where I come from. Well, I mean, look, man, there was there was a, a late late period Simpsons episode where the, it was one of the ones where they uh, like show it's like the Simpsons go tell you stories and it's like three different you know yeah. tales and one of them was the Lewis and Clark expedition. Uh-huh. It's Lenny and Carl as Lewis and Clark, <laughs> and then Lisa is Sacagawea, but Milhouse is Charbonneau. Okay, and so I I always thought about too when you bring this up. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's that's not, hilarious. Not, not a great character. I wish they would have used somebody cooler for that, but you know, it's still <laughs> right. Oh well, whatever. Yeah. At least not like Lenny. Exactly. It's fine. Right. <laughs> uh, the next the next question came from Nil by Mouth. Everybody, <laughs> what are movies you've heard are excellent, but you refuse to see, or vice versa? Yep. Um, so we've got a, a, quite a few responses on this one. On Instagram, Julia says, The title and what I know of this film makes me break out in sweat with anxiety, and I've never seen it. I think she's talking about Nil by Mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's great, but I understand. If 
especially with Nil by Mouth. I mean, of all the titles we're going to talk about here, Nil by Mouth especially, if you never want to see this movie, if, if you decide that, like, even if you don't want to read the plot synopsis on Wikipedia, if that much even, like, uh, you can't handle it there even. Yeah. Um, it's totally understandable. Spousal abuse, domestic violence is a horrible, horrible thing. Yep. And uh, Tom chimed in on Facebook saying the same thing. He said, easy, nil by mouth. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's from South London. He has no idea why he doesn't want to see it either. Uh, Kathy Burke was brilliant in the Harry Einfeld comedy sketch show. It was just really uncomfortable finding out about the brutal subject matter in a setting so close to home. Yeah. Um, but he says he may have to change his opinion after listening to our podcast. So I wonder, uh, Tom, if you have watched Nil by Mouth yet, right. let us know. Yes. Um, Ryan chimed in on Facebook, said pretty much any highly acclaimed series or movies, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Avatar, John Wick, etc. I'm not sure if it's because I'm afraid of the potential time commitment or if I just don't care. Maybe a little of A, a little of B. So uh, this is a little different than the spirit of the question, I think. It is, But yeah. it's true. Like, I know. People say, like, oh, you got to watch the new Marvel movie, blah, blah, blah. Right. I don't want to. I know. Yeah. I, it's Everyone not, says it's great. It's, I don't want to watch Star Wars. It, I don't care. If it doesn't grab yeah. you, if it's not important to you, yeah. then, and especially something like, it's one thing if you uh, refuse to see something that you probably, that you'd get a lot out of seeing. Yeah. But like, there are plenty of people who have lived productive lives without <laughs> knowing about Star Wars or the Marvel <laughs> Universe. You know? What? <laughs> Can you imagine such wow. a thing? Right. <laughs> um, Alan chimed in and said, I've tried to watch The Matrix three or four times and I don't get the appeal. So same as the last one. Just don't. Yeah. Okay. He's I, tried. I, That's yeah. even farther than Absolutely. he's actually tried. Yes, exactly. If you've given it a day in court and it still didn't go, then okay. Yeah. Um, and then Finn chimed in. James Cameron's Avatar 2. Didn't enjoy the first one all that much personally. Didn't even realize it grossed as high as it did due to the fact that it felt I didn't even have a tiny fraction of the cultural relevance that other similarly grossing movies had. Just not that interested. I'd rather watch a second M. Night Shyamalan last airbender movie than blue people. You know what, Finn? You're fine. Um, it's, it's all good. Uh, Avatar 2 is a is a visually amazing movie, but like you've seen visually amazing things yeah. in your life. Yeah. I, I think you're okay. I love the, the sequel. Like I was a fan of the first one. Yeah. I liked it. I mean... It's not really the most original concept, right? But it's done in that James Cameron, highly produced, really well scripted and plotted movie uh, with tons of visual polish. I mean, you're getting a feast, yeah. Um, and it's comfort food, you know. It's, I know it's a high quality comfort food. I would say, which is, I think that's why I, I, I saw it. I saw it and the original because I kind of had to see them. Yeah, um, because it was just I, I, I felt like I wasn't. Well, the second one was because of our Oscar show, because we liked it, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, um, as as much of an achievement as it is technically, and it's James Cameron, who is a, a virtuoso filmmaker. Yeah. I understand that. But he's never like, when I think of like my favorite filmmakers, for some reason, he doesn't come to mind. Um, yeah, not... Not so much, really, right. yeah. And he's made some films that I have watched over and over again. I've seen T2 easily 50 times. Yeah. But I still don't go, oh, James Cameron, one of my favorites. I, I, I don't know, because I, there's something about his whole um, aesthetic that, that doesn't really speak to me. Yeah, that, and that's fine, too. Yeah. Um, William chimed in on Facebook also and said, the piano just looks so boring. You know, <laughs> man, um, uh, I, I, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, I, I can't remember what I, I think I responded to William on this one. I can't yeah. remember what I said, but but like, William, listen, he, here's the thing about the <laughs> piano. I, I know how boring it looks and I'm not going to tell you it's not boring. 
Um, because it can be a little boring. It's That's a little true. slow sometimes. Yeah. Um, and the the only thing I can say is that we we've you know if if you're like us then then you've lamented the you know the 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 lack of uh, eroticism in films. Mm-hmm. Um, go back and watch the piano, and and you'll see some some actual adult situations. You will. You you'll know? see. A lot of Keitel also. You sure will. Yeah. Um, you'll see as much of him as you saw in Bad Lieutenant. Yes, you will. For some reason in the 90s, he liked to, you know, <laughs> he was like you and McGregor. In, in Sister Act, he tried to whip it out, but they, <laughs> they were like, no, no, this is not that movie. Oh, my Lord. These are nuns, <laughs> exactly. Harvey. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, well, what about uh, the devils, huh? How about that? Let's <laughs> Let's ape off that a little bit. Oh, Senator, I wasn't prepared for Sister this Act has question. Oliver Reed in it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. How Holy do you make crap. your movie better? Oliver Reed. Yes, exactly. You have Oliver Reed <laughs> nude wrestling with Alan Bates or Harvey Keitel. Oh, dude. <laughs> fucking awesome. Too bad we can't do that now. Exactly. Ken Russell's Sister Act. I want to see an 80-year-old Oliver Reed <laughs> naked wrestling. <laughs> He'd still be just as barrel-chested and oh, like dude. burly and tough. Drunk as shit. Exactly. Just, yes. Yeah. With his melon head. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend Watch the Piano. It is quite a good film. Yes. Um, my pick, I got a couple picks on this, Dave. Going back to the original Spirit, yep. uh, which I think Will kind of was going towards a little more. Um, I wrote down Cannibal Holocaust. I, I do not want to see this. Okay. I wouldn't say it, people say it's great, but a lot of people put it on lists of things yeah. to see. And I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want to see this. There's animal cruelty in it. I know. And... Um, besides that, maybe I'd watch it, but I mean, it just sounds tough or like Salo or 120 days of Sodom. Yeah. I've been yep. avoiding that one intentionally. I, I don't really need to, to, to witness this. I'll, I'll have more to say about Salo in a minute. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, yeah. that's what I wrote down, Dave. What do you got? Okay. Well, um, there, there was a documentary by uh, Kirby Dick. He, he wrote, he, he made that one that we like called this film is not yet rated. Yeah. Um, before that, he made a movie called Sick, The Life and Death of Bob Flanagan, Super Masochist. Um, it's about a performance artist who died young from cystic fibrosis. But while he was alive, he did this one-man show mm-hmm. where he would subject himself to all kinds of horrific, horrific physical torture, like, you know, nails through his balls and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. And, like, you know, they, they document this guy's shows. Oh, and I just, I can't do it. I cannot sit down to watch this movie because it's like, it's essentially just watching Faces of Death, Ugh. you know, but it's real. Those are some I won't watch either. Oh, I mean, I, I refuse. Dude, I, as a, as a young dumbass edgelord in 1996, <laughs> I sat down to watch, you know, Faces of Death with my equally asshole friends and, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's horrible. I'm so ashamed. I had friends who loved it and wanted me to watch it. And I just never did. Uh, well, I was like, I don't really want to see that. You're Mm-mm. dude. You're so much better off. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> there's another movie called Lilia forever. Um, it's a, a Russian film about this uh, sex worker who's doing everything against her will. And I just, I cannot, uh, no, I can't sit down for that. Okay. Um, and then Salo, you brought up, I have seen Salo. Okay. And I wish I'd refused to see it. Okay, okay. But because, like, um, Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg um, had, you know, worked yeah. to, like, make preserve it, so, it, preserve yeah. it, and make sure that it didn't get banned and everything. Guys, look, I, I, I appreciate the effort, and I appreciate, and I know exactly what their motivation was, because obviously if you censor this, then you can censor other things. That's right. the whole point. Right, But, man, I, I, I just wish that we, like... Uh, 
could have <laughs> we could preserve things that are actually worth preserving yeah because this is a piece of shit i, I don't need this criterion to do before 4k upgrade on it you know it, i know i don't need that i know and it's a it is just a catalog of perversions all the stuff that like Every time that they were torturing Jeffrey Rush and Quills was because of Salo, you know, because yeah. this is what this guy put out. Yeah. Like people eat poop in the movie and, and they, they piss in each other's mouths and they, and they, uh, walk around and they, they get tortured. Their, their, their eyeballs are plucked out. Yep. Their tongues are ripped. I mean, it's, it's just, it's disgusting. The filmmakers got murdered. Yeah. After this, like, yeah. this is insane. I know. <laughs> And, and the whole thing is a commentary on, like, fascist Italy. And, you know, right. I, I get that. But, I totally understand it. Yes. But it's the same thing, like, when I hear that, like, Tom Six based the human centipede on, oh, this is what Hitler did to my country. Dude, fuck off. You did not make a metaphor. You made a bullshit horror movie. <laughs> That's one I refuse to watch, too. I, I've, heard, I've heard the first one compared to the sequels is, like, child's play. Like, it's nothing. And I refuse to see them on moral grounds. Yeah. I, I, I take like, you know, the most high handed position on this. <laughs> I mean, it's going to take a while to get me off this particular high horse about the human centipede. But yeah, I will never watch anything that this guy makes. The human centipede is an idea that my buddies and I might have had one night in a drunken stupor. Absolutely. Be like, oh man, wouldn't it be crazy if someone was sewn to your butthole? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and then they made a movie out of that. And you just said uh, it was an idea. That's exactly what it is. Is an idea. Yeah. And and that's it. Like the the <laughs> but he he actually made a feature film out of this thing that could have been like a 15 minute short. Yeah. You know, right. Like that. Even even then it sucks because it's morally disgusting. But yes. like the the idea that it, it's that it not only was a feature film but it spawned two sequels. <laughs> uh, what have we become? Dude. Uh yeah, I didn't even write that down, and I wish I hadn't even thought of it because just talking <laughs> about it just disgusts me. I, oh I, my I know, gosh. And, and I knew that I, I knew that someday the human centipede was going to come up as a subject on our show. We, not that we would ever do the movie, but but it, I'm, I'm glad that we got it on tape. That we both despise it I, for God, everything um, it's about. Another uh, th- these things are spurring out of me now. Like, I know Serbian film. I have oh no desire ever no. to watch this. No, so. I don't even want to tell you what it's about. So no, that's exactly. Yeah. Th- there's a movie called Chaos, which is just as as horrific. Yeah, um, yeah, terrible. Yep. Dave, we've got to cleanse our palate. We've yes. got to talk about movie romances that rival Casablanca. There we go. Finally, right. let's get out of the poop pile <laughs> and get on that plane. That's right, dude. Let's risk everything. All right, man. So on Facebook, Finn chimes in. Says usually don't watch romance movies, so I'd like to place a B at the start of this and uh, name my favorite bromance. Hmm. If you've seen the Korean movie Joint Security Area, damn what a brilliant movie! I love the friendship and how backgrounds out of people's controls shouldn't get in the way of making new relationships. Love that movie. Nice, that's very cool. I've never heard of it. Uh, sounds good. Right. Um, Tom chimes in. Bogey and Kate in the African Queen. Wesley and Buttercup in The Princess Bride. Probably not the first time, or probably the first time I understood the word romance. Mm. He keeps going, man. Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint in North by Northwest, and pretty much all of the ones in Love Actually. Honorable shout to George Lucas for showing the world how not to do a romance in Attack of the Clones. (laughs) If you guys haven't listened to our Attack of the Clones episode, go listen to it. We just destroy that thing and then i full 
full on recommend it. <laughs> I know. I know. It was Actually, I don't think I recommend it, but I say I'm going to watch it another 12 times. I think that's that was the verdict on it. Okay, yeah. You couldn't recommend it, but you admitted that you're going to watch it forever, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. which is <laughs> partly because I just like Star Wars. Uh-huh. But partly because it's kind of a wreck. It's 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 you, I just have to watch it to to see how awful this is. I guess it's a historical oddity in a way because it is. I mean it's it's part of this saga that that is so special to so many people. And but, I never you know, thought they could top that being the worst Star Wars film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they have. Right, exactly. You've done it, America. <laughs> yes, we've demanded it from Disney. <laughs> right. Oh, dude. Um, and Justin chimes in, uh, Gone with the Wind, Fred and Ginger for sure. Mm-hmm. Judo. Excellent. Um, and then Alan chimes in, American President, dig it, Mrs. Wade, you're the president's girlfriend, working girl. Oh, nice you. comment, yes, dude. I yes, love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Throws on Working Girl there. Right. I, I, I actually really love Working Girl. It's it's, it's a, a highly romantic I've never film. seen Working Girl. You're missing out there. I know, I, man. Yeah, that's it's a good looks, movie. Just the cover looks inviting. I know. And it, and it really is. It, it Inviting is the word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get down on Working Girl. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that came out not how I planned. <laughs> Usually I am kind of perverted and oh, say yes. things like that, but that was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't apologize. Right. Um, my picks, Dave. I got a handful here. Okay. Um, I got a throw in Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, super amazing romance. Yes, um, we did an episode. Check it out. My my favorites though, Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. I feel like this romance here that could never be like it. It's just so wonderful watching this friendship and romance develop. Um, that can't happen. Right. And should never have even been something possible. Uh. It, it's heartbreaking. I love that movie and the romance in it. Yes. Um, and the before trilogy, dude. Romance shown in so many lights you don't see. I mean, Jesse and Celine are people you just want to hang out with all the time, but you only get it every seven years or so. I'm, I'm jealous of them. Oh, I'm jealous man. of their romance, but I'm also je- jealous of like people who get to be friends with them. Yes. You know, they are the most engrossing and consistently in- interesting relationship in all of cinema. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it rivals Casablanca. It does. In, in the romance department. And that's why I had it as one of mine. Of, of course you did. You know, of course. Because the before trilogy, obviously, yes. Richard Linklater has created something amazing with them. And Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, I mean, like, they are just like... They are, they have sizzling chemistry, obviously, you know, and, uh, and then just their conversations about life. Like I said about being jealous of people who know them. I want to hang with these people. I just want to be around them because they're, they're so intelligent and engaging and, uh, yeah. What the, the, the the intimacy uh, between these characters you get in no other films. Nope. Like you said, because they're just talking about life, about concepts, right? and they're in love. And that all comes through in everything they say. And you get like a bonus feature in Waking Life. Yeah. You know, where it's just yeah. like they're, they're that, one of the... They're animated, like yeah. laying in bed, talking. Yeah. yeah. You get some rotoscoped versions of themselves. And, and yeah, it's it's just... Of course, we have three full movies, but we, we still... I mean, there could be more. There's obviously more I want more the there. fourth one. Yeah. I want it to come. It's got to happen. Right. It's got to happen. Right. Let's do it. Um, did you have more picks or was that what you, um, yeah, well the, the before trilogy was number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also I, I really love, uh, Baz Luhrmann's, uh, Romeo and Juliet. 
Oh, um, Romeo plus Juliet? Romeo plus Juliet. Okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that in 20 years, man. Man, it's, it, it really is. It's, it's one of the... So I, it started that that was the first time I'd seen a Shakespeare ac- adaptation that was like in modern times. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know if it invented that. Like they did format. a lot in that era. Yes, late nineties. Um, yeah, and I think that it it had been done on stage too. Like people had started like doing that in order to save money. They would just like use modern dress, you know. Yeah, which, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Um and, but as in in cinema that was really unheard of. You know. Yeah, to, like to making it that. modern. Right. Like Kurosawa adapted stuff to like like Asian cultures and stuff, sure. but right. like, no, nothing like going to high school yes. in America in and, the nineties. And then preserving all the yeah. Shakespeare, all the dialogue, you know? Right. Um, and it, it's also cool that like, obviously uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and, and, uh, and Claire Danes are just, you know, a magnetic couple together. But like, yeah, my, my absolute favorite part of the movie is Harold Perrineau's Mercutio. Like he yeah, is he's, so he's awesome. awesome. He's I mean, his death scene, it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I, of course, when, when he go when Mercutio goes away, you're a little bit disappointed because mm-hmm. you want more Harold Perrineau. Yeah, but like you know, oh, he's man, awesome. Man. He's so cool. Leguizamo's awesome in it yes. too. He's so good. In I that. know. Uh, and Paul Servino, like in in like drag makeup at one yeah. point, like kind of an amazing man, visual. Need, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't love Boslerman's movies, but I gotta I go watch this again, man. It's. I it's, need to give more of his stuff a chance, I think. I think well, I should. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I know that you're not really, obviously, into musicals, so Moulin Rouge doesn't speak to you, but, like, I think Romeo and Juliet is a real yeah, achievement for him. Yeah, I, I, I gotta rewatch it. Yes. The dude, um, awesome. And then I had Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh. Yes. Uh, that's, oh, I mean, my God, yeah. Yeah, that, that, one, that one is amazing. Um, and then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is, uh, is just, like, man. Yeah. At the end, it, it it's a, it's such a heartbreaking you know story and like the 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 scene with with Chow Yun Fat and and Michelle Yeoh where they declare themselves. I mean, it's just man, it, it'll it'll really put you you know. <sighs> yeah, it it sends you, dude. Um, and then uh, I have Weekend from twenty I think twenty twelve. Um, I've never seen Weekend. It's um it's about these two guys who it's almost like the before trilogy. It's two guys who are like, you know, they, they fall in love over a, a short amount of time and then they have to say goodbye. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and God, it, now I'm thinking about it, it is a lot like before it's, it's, um, okay. Cause they, they're most of the time it's just them talking about life. Um, but mm-hmm. then, but then they're, they have this romance that, that comes up between yeah. them as well. And, um, and then I just also put bound because I think that like, you know, yeah. um, obviously Corky and Violet are, a real power couple in cinema. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Like, it, it, yeah. they're, they're some of the some of the best stuff. I'm going to say it's the most romantic thing. Oh, but I, I I think that like their romance is is like I, yeah okay. It, it's really it's really powerful, and it starts like in the beginning. The first frame of the movie is you know like Corky in the elevator behind Caesar's back, like putting the moves on Violet. Yeah, right and it's behind. Like, I mean, Joey Pants' ex- wig. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right, dude. That is uh, a that is a big have, time romance. Have you seen? Uh, Supernova came yes. out. Oh God, mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth. Yeah. Like, uh huh. They they are their romance in that movie, and it's it's developed long term right romance. Right. It's so true. I know I, that it is awesome. If you haven't seen Supernova, everybody, that movie's fucking great. Yes, very um, underseen. Yeah, yeah. It was a sleeper. Yep, for sure. Um, dude, 
Everybody, get on the romance. Exactly. Get like, on the romance. Get some Spread romance some love, in your life. man. Yes, yes. Better than human centipede. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. Tom Six, you have... Oh, God. Now, now let's bring it back home, Dave, with Idiocracy. What movies about the future are the most plausible? Yeah, the human centipede. No, <laughs> <laughs> this can go uh, many directions. Yes. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, Mosmia Metal chimes in. Says, Children of Men. Dude, yes. And Ex Machina. And man, I hope not. <laughs> like, <laughs> although uh, uh, Alicia Vikander, there could be worse robotic overlords to um, be under. I mean, I mean that's fine with that, me. That, that's yeah. true in that, like you know, obviously she is the 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 <laughs> her. The droid being the moral center of the film yeah, right. is a weird concept, but like you know, obviously, yeah, she is the best person. These, these are two of my favorite contemporary sci-fi movies. They're, yes. they're fucking awesome, and I hope they're not coming true but <laughs> uh tom chimes in v for vendetta uh-huh. no idea how far in the future it's supposed to be but it's definitely the way i can see the uk going if certain parties have their way we're right there with you tom absolutely um let's get out our guy fox masks go to <laughs> yes, town man exactly because i'm gonna shave my head it's I'm honestly like like the I hadn't even considered v for vendetta before he brought this up yeah but yeah that is a scarily plausible outcome yeah you know there's do you remember, we had a podcast before this, everybody. It was called the Giga Punch Podcast. And we did an episode, or we did like a tournament of yes. fighting, people it was a series fighting of each episodes other. of like, you know, famous people fighting each Who other. Who would win in a fight? Yes. And uh, did we have Guy Fox beat Wolverine? Yes, we did. Yes. Uh, much to the chagrin of one of our guests. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jim was the third host. We had a buddy named Jim. Yes. It was three of us. And uh, we had a guest <laughs> he was uh, so the mad. next week uh, who was also really Was it Johnny off. Vinyl? Yes. Yeah. Because uh, he just could not, like, every argument we made, he just would come back yeah. with, no, he's made, of anti- he's made of adamantium. He couldn't be beat. But we're like, yeah, but uh, Parliament got blown up, so he's dead. Look, Which makes no sense. Guy Fox, <laughs> V had history on his side. That's true. So the, the, we were not going to hear of it. And, and I... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we were just being contrarian. I think. <laughs> yes, agree for no reason because we, we we didn't want Wolverine to just keep advancing. <laughs> yeah, right, he seems yeah. so in, you know indestructible. Yeah, so yeah, it, part of it was that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so uh, now let's move on. Finn says, uh, "If I can get a holographic Anna Day Armist, then I pray it's Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is much better than the original from nineteen eighty two, which was boring." Cheers, mate. Absolutely. Um, Jokes aside, I can certainly see a future where the events of Moon come into play with clones with memories of professionals just become expendable replacements for high-skilled ones. Plus, brilliant movie and performance from Sam Rockwell. He's always like a magnet on the screen. Go back, watch our, listen to our Moon episode. We have nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah, that could be a future. I know. Clones are the new, you know, workers on the cog wheel. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, the... It's, it's another thing, just like, I guess, Ex Machina, where, where in the end, like, the, the artificial intelligence is kind of the, uh, the yeah. voice of reason. and Yeah, Gertie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in that way, it's almost optimistic about, the, about a dystopian future. Yeah. You know? um, we're going to move from drones to clones. Mm. That's what's going to happen yeah. here. Right. Instead of sending some robot to do something, we're going to send a copy of a person. Yep. And they're expendable. Pretty, pretty awful. I mean, yeah, if, if that person has thoughts and feelings and a soul, um, then that that's that's unspeakably terrible. There's a video game called Soma, which I suggest people play it or just watch like a Let's Play on it. It's not super long. It's several hours. You know, it might be a couple movies lengths, but mm. 
the there's a base on the bottom of the ocean, and there's a guy trapped down there, and the upper levels of the planet have been destroyed by like a meteor or something. So he's trapped on the bottom of the ocean by himself with like an AI, mm. and he's trying to escape and upload his intelligence into this thing to get out, and um he he gets I guess I I'll, maybe I shouldn't spoil it, but okay. it's a it's a pretty good dynamic of what makes you a human? Yeah. And uh, is a clone a separate entity? Is it just a copy? Is it its own person? Uh, it gets into a lot of that shit. Okay. And so it's pretty awesome. Uh, I won't spoil it. There you go. Okay. I, I held back, folks. <laughs> it's very so good. fucking good, though. <laughs> um, my, I, I wrote down uh, Section 9 is probably going to happen. Uh, if aliens come here, what are we going to do? You mean dis- District 9? District 9. Section 9. What yeah. the fuck is that? Okay. Oh, <laughs> District 9. <laughs> I said Section 9. Yeah. District 9, everybody. Uh-huh. If aliens show up, what are we going to do? We're going to put them in the slums and uh, be oppressive to them and racist to them. Yep. That's probably what's going to happen in the future because that's what the humans do. If we don't kill them first. The, the other is bad mm-hmm. and uh, yep. go go in your slum. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Why do I have to go bleak? Do because that's what we that's, do. That's what we do. And it's real life. Yeah. So yeah. So you so that District Nine was yours. Yeah. Okay. Well, um <laughs> I I also kind of went bleak. Uh Mosby Middle brought up Ex Machina and, and that's that's an unfortunate reality, obviously. Yeah. Um and Planet of the Apes, the original, um, that that is a very, you know, plausible future for us. I mean, if if, yeah. if Obviously, nuclear proliferation has gone on since 1945, um, and we haven't destroyed ourselves yet, but it's coming. So, yeah, you know, yeah. just, 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 you know, get your popcorn ready, everybody. Get ready. Um, We're going then, down. Exactly. And Snowpiercer <laughs> uh, is just, you know, look, <laughs> I, I hope I'm wrong that the rich would not feed us cockroaches and make us sit, you know, in a train that was five miles from where they were. Um, yeah. And they wouldn't power their train with our children. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope that's not what happens, but I could see it happening um, because that's just the yeah. the, the, the wealthy 1%. They, it could happen. They, they don't want us around. We, we, we are just uh, like we are in the way. Yep. So yeah, yeah it, it it could happen. I, I think true. that like you know nuclear holocaust and all that and alien invasions are something that I'm, I I fear, but I much <laughs> more fear my the common you know like the the, yeah. the local billionaire. Exactly. You know what? Waterworld will probably happen. Um. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Global warming's gonna fuck everybody, and we're gonna have to drink our own piss. That's it. Um. And we're gonna you know have to deal with the smokers, and you know. God, Dennis Hopper's one eyeball. Come on, <laughs> exactly. Nobody wants that. Oh my lord, yeah. I and and that that actually that that eventuality terrifies me as well because I have a, a, a an irrational fear of the ocean. Me too. Yeah. 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 I no thank you. Yep. Um. So yeah. That's not even only the end of the podcast. That's the end of the world, everybody. Exactly. We've uh, right. pretty much ruined. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're probably not going to be in a happy mood the rest of the day. No, now. we're doomed. Think about the romance, Dave. Yes. The romance. Yes. Everybody out there, keep the romance alive. It, it, it's what will keep us from happy. It's, it's what will keep these futures from happening. It's is, what, is if we prize romance and we, you know, like put it above other things. Exactly. It's like uh, Robin Williams said in Dead Poets Society. It's what makes worth being alive for you know mm. for the romance there you, you know right for the love that's why we live there it is you know perfect human centipede not so much <laughs>
right, so that wraps it up. Thanks for all your responses. It was a great time, as always. Um, Dave, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Yes, we're on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> um, and our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yeah, dude, uh, hit us up. So until next month, when we do uh, August questions, uh, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>